0: it has been a shed long time since we have discussed second base and tonight we are going to take care of business second base dynasty rankings
1: welcome to dingers the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people it's not just mike moustakis that wins you championships that's why week in and week out we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up og lifestyle tyler child's joined again as always by robbie baseball from the murder room what's happening good
0: evening oh nothing you know what i'm doing just as we record entering the players updated ages for the season um that that's it that that's what i'm up to i spent, that's the tweet yeah that's the t- <laughs> i spent eight hours driving today um the the truck saga continues for me i don't have a truck right now uh well i, I have a truck i don't have um i bought a, a manual transmission and a transfer case which for anyone that doesn't know a transfer case allows you to have four-wheel drive um but i bought that for a truck i don't own uh so there's a plan savvy that's savvy yeah it it's elaborate and it involved me driving um quite a ways towards I had to pass by the center of the universe, which is the city of Toronto today, and drive towards the capital of Canada in Ottawa. I didn't, I went basically in between the two to pick up a transmission um that is about as old as I am. Turned around, drove and a manual, manual transmission that that a boy four speed and uh turned around and drove home. And and that's it, Ty. I listened to some CBC radio. And I was pleasantly surprised that I saw our pitcher um, podcast popped up. So if you haven't yet, feel free to download that wherever you download your podcast. And we'll take a five-star rate and review. And I mean, if you don't think we're worth five stars, hit us up at Dinger's Pod. Uh, hit me up at Baseball one or Ty at TourneyBoss. And tell us why we suck. <laughs> but otherwise, so, just the
1: five-star rate and review is great. <laughs> we haven't had a good Twitter dust up in a while. So, I mean, we're, we're due for one.
0: It's, so I, it's I'm option. for that. It is the option. <laughs> we did put up a, a poll on uh, Twitter. So depending on when this one comes out, uh, we just asked the question: Would you prefer one year of Max Freed in a contract league at six bucks, or two years of Glaber Torres for fourteen dollars in a one-for-one swap? So if you're if you're at all interested, go to at Pod and um give us your two cents uh yep. three cents or uh 1.27 cents if it's america
1: why you're on one side or the other like justify it too a little bit because it's one thing to say you like one or the other but put your stamp on why do you like the money do you like the player what is it that that draws you to either side of that trade
0: absolutely and i did put the context of the league that's an eight by eight uh category league so uh, people should get the idea of what exactly is going on and of course like like ty said the context we want to know the context uh you're a freed guy you love glaber you think there's a bounce back lots of games against baltimore but hey they've got the the higher wall going up in baltimore um i don't know is that, is that a long deeper Is it's deeper is it ba- it's like 380, 383 isn't it both now. yeah i was just saying isn't um, it both though isn't it back 15 and up 10 i thought it was something like that maybe it's i just mean back.
1: it's yeah, I mean, they gave up a lot of home runs to left field last year. So a smart move by the front office, uh, let's give up less runs and see if we can win more games. <laughs>
0: I like it. It's uh, like uh, a team playing the trap in, in NHL when they don't <laughs> yeah. score goals in the first place. Like, well,
1: let's just prevent more. And then do you yeah, know what's, gonna hurt you know, us. what's interesting. And I, and I'd be loved to see what the rule is on this. Why can you not have like a movable wall? Right. So we know, like in Toronto, that the dome impacts balls leaving the yard. Why can't you just move the fence based on who you're playing?
0: Uh, I think because you have to have set dimensions. And I, I think that's a very interesting idea. You seem like the kind of guy, Ty... Uh, that looks for loopholes in fantasy. 100%. Yeah,
1: listen to you. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm a lawyer, man. Just, yeah, just so everyone knows, uh, Jaewon Bay was signed in 2017, um, even though his contract was voided or rejected by MLB for the, the sticky icky with Atlanta way back when. He did sign that year. And if yeah. your league rules dictate that a player has to be signed in a certain year, uh, just stick with it, you know, just like, even if you, uh, so I'm, I'm the commissioner in the league, one of the commissioners in the league in question. So I was having a little fun with the owner of the team um, that I took the player from, and he was not having the fun back. He was just having the angry person back. And that just made it more fun for me because- that's, It was, it was that's TV
1: from, uh, remember the Titans,
0: zero fun, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but tonight we're gonna have fun and we're gonna try to make this under two hours. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Cause we're talking second base. But before yeah. that, we got the thing to do.
1: A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh! How that you one doing sounded today? good
0: for you that one yeah. sounded good
1: well it's it's because it's the good stuff it's more
0: precious you're, whoa
1: <laughs> that <much>? was
0: terrible but <laughs> it sounded more like you were sick
1: <laughs> well i mean i kind of am sick of being in Canada. yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> whoa
0: hey this is this is a beautiful place to be so um what is it that you're drinking tonight ty tell them tell them the story
1: yeah, I'm back into my Basil Hayden. I've got two beautiful bottles just sitting here waiting to be absorbed into my liver. Um, and so we're going to go about that tonight. All right. And
0: I am having uh, some crazy uncle tonight. Hard nice. root beer. And I remember having this several months ago. Um, and it smells so good. But I, I, I'm i just trying to find out what the actual liquor is that's in it i feel like it's vodka but I'll, I'll figure it out but anyway it just smells great like root beer and then you have it and you're like mm. it's like two dollar um mixer night you know where it yep. just has like it's just sugar it's a yep. lot of sugar but i need yep. some energy because we're talking second base and um i These mean it's suck. it's uh, it's not the worst position but i think it's Wouldn't the it? most boring and and yeah. that includes catchers because as we've said even though we had an hour and 45-minute long conversation about catchers, there is promise in that position. And right now, second base seems like the position that's kind of eroded. Yeah, Or or, I I would agree.
1: Well, and and honestly, like, it lacks range at this time. Like, in years past, there was a little bit of power. There was some speed, right? There was some versatility. Now we have, like, just this blob of grossness across the board. Um, And and it's it's just... No, yeah, I, th- I think like, yeah. a lot of it
0: has to do with um, needing players to be multi position eligible, right? You need your mm-hmm. shortstop to have slid over depending on your league settings for year over year, you need them to have slid over 20 times to keep second base or have second base eligibility. You've got guys like um, well, I mean, Dylan Moore was somebody who was multi-position eligible. Mike Brousseau was multi-position eligible before. Mike Moustakis was? <laughs> Once upon a time. Oh, yeah. Mike uh, Mike Moustakis. Good one. Uh, Jose Peraza. D. Gordon. But those guys are all, like, way back in the rankings, and justifiably so, based on how they were. Uh, Jed Lowry came out of nowhere last year and was good. Really, really good for fantasy purposes. Jonathan VR, <laughs> What a bum he is. Uh, Scott Kingrey. We've got so many guys. Like... Tommy LaSalle is like third baseman, uh, but second base, you know, we'll get into Garrett Hampson and the rest of the guys. But oh, we've got yeah, we've got a list. And and as you see, there'll they'll be names recognize. There'll be prospects that you're hoping for. But I got to say, I feel like a second base prospect um, outside of maybe one, one second base prospect that we're going to talk about. Uh, it's not the best position.
1: yeah, Not the best not, position
0: to get stock
1: in. I, I do think there's some guys that are grossly undervalued right now. We'll get into that a little bit today. Um, you know, let's, let's race through the back half of this one, Robbie, because, sure. you know, we, we can go pretty deep on this position because, you know, 30 through 50 is boring. Um, yeah. and there's not a lot going on there. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys outside of 50, uh, greatest hits kind of guys. Uh, David Bodie, uh, Franklin Barreto are out there like two huge question marks. Like, we just don't know what either of those guys are going to be going forward. Peraza aforementioned D Gordon, Jason Kipnis, like guys that, you don't care about but could be waiver wire fodder uh at any point throughout any season coming up here. Yeah, and and Gordon, T Gordon Jason Kipnis may have officially
0: hung it up. I know Peraza signed a minor league deal with the Yankees, but we know that Mets. Uh, he, was, was it the Mets? Mets. I thought he signed with the Mets last year and the Yankees this year. Either way, he's Tell in me. New York. Let's just say that. Okay. He signed sure. with the New York team. Um and you decide mm-hmm. which one. But it it doesn't matter and even though he's entering only his age 28 year, he is one of those tantalizing stolen base prospects that part part of that Cincinnati, too many outfielders, second base shortstop, what's going on. And now this is what Jose Praz has become, right? Very much like uh, former Yankee uh, who is now with Baltimore in uh, Rougan Odor. Guys who you just, you know, you, you had an idea of what they were going to be. But as soon as you want to like pencil it in for that, all of a sudden they regressed. And you know O'Dor has been like boomer bust for years, and it's been like bust now consistently for a couple of years. Um, but Franklin Barreto, like you know, once highly touted prospect, great reason to be careful with the J two guys, right? The reports that come in, uh, vault them up, and as as we're about to hit J two signing season too. Um, but then my biggest fear is is what I'm looking at, number fifty nine ranked for us, Shedlong, free agent, uh, Depoto got him. I can't remember exactly what the trade was. From cincinnati but he but he got him in huh. what didn't he there's, come
1: in the Kino trade
0: did, um no i think that was a whole bunch of other useful guys unless it was three teamer which either way he he acquired him uh there's been injury issues definitely performance issues but again it's questioning good health so long might need um a full season at triple a or something he's only entering his age 26 year you say only but in you know if if he doesn't make anything happen at the MLB level in 2022, um, he's all for lost for dynasty purposes, and he very well may be on your teams right now. Um, it you got to know where he goes, right? If he goes to a Baltimore, there's opportunity, but it doesn't mean it's like it, it's at the MLB level. They could very well just want to take him because he's going to be cheap. He's still got all those controllable years, um, but Seattle was not willing to keep him around,
1: and because of the lockout, he's he's nowhere at this moment. He he uh, went to the Yankees. In the sunny gray trade, and then was flipped from the Yankees to the Mariners for uh stowers. Okay, yeah, okay. And Josh my stowers,
0: my root beer is definitely with rye,
1: yeah. <laughs> and now you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uncle, no, crazy uncle's hard root beer <clears throat> with rye.
1: Uh, Fun yeah, fact, so- Josh Storrs hit 20 home runs last year, just to finish off
0: that story. Hey, there we go. So, so I'm still alive in that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we move up a bit, we've got an interesting case in Mike Brousseau, formerly with Tampa Bay, had a good 2020. I mean, shortened season, but it, but he was productive. Then last year, never got off the ground. He was brutal. I owned him in a couple dynasty leagues. I ended up cutting him in one where his salary accelerated from two to four bucks, and I was not willing to spend $4. Could not believe he was like immediately scooped up on waivers. Um, $4 for a guy who moved to Milwaukee. Uh, we know that there's second base issues in Milwaukee. However, um, don't think that a guy like Mike Brousseau is going to walk in with playing time. He's going to have to fall into it. He's going to have to earn every at bat. And Milwaukee last year just like piled up the dudes, right? Piled up corner infielders, middle infielders, and they want a division. So Mike Brousseau might be a steady bench guy for them, but um, Definitely not anybody I would be leaning on at all this year. Uh, and that moves me to 52. Another, the second baseman. Are, these are all my heartbreakers. Dylan Moore with Seattle. Um, Ty, can you believe, you know, Dylan Moore's stat line was really ugly last year, but he still almost earned one war for all of those war players out there. Uh, 0.9 war. Uh, but he's got the ability to steal bases. If he's given playing time, he's got the ability to uh, put a little pop into it and play decent defense at multiple positions. I don't know what's in store with Seattle. Certainly the the future, like what I thought a year ago of Moore has washed aside, and that's why he's even outside our top 50 second baseman right now. Yep. So going into his age 29 year, um, if he's a bench bat moving forward, obviously not going to be a useful dynasty piece for most of you out there. But some of you, like myself, may have him in leagues, and there's no reason to get rid of him yet. You know, let's see, yep. like Seattle's got a really good infield. Um, Seattle's got a really good potential outfield. Let's see what they actually put on the field and see if Dillon Moore slots in and moves around and kind of earns time like Mike Brousseau did in 19. It's entirely yeah. possible.
1: Well, and coming in at, at 51 is a guy that is going to have an interesting road ahead of him. Historia uh, Ruiz in San Diego. For me, I have him inside the top 50 just at... at uh No, I don't. I have him at 51. Uh, you have him just in at 47. Uh, But the big reason here... I think probably for both of us is the, the log jam in San Diego. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's elite by any means, but I do think he's a lot more valuable than the position he lands on our list, but ultimately playing time um, is impacted by the way we do our rankings here. Rem- As a quick reminder, five year value is what we're ranking on. Uh, not total career value, not this year value, five years of value. Um, so Asterio Ruiz is going to be behind a lot of the other guys because given the long jam in San Diego, he's probably a year or two uh, away from ever seeing the field Um, and in his likely trade bait, right? That's the, the likely outcome. So I could see him moving up the board next year uh, with that in mind, Uh, jumping in at at 50 is the aforementioned Jed Lowry, Uh, valuable player. He provides value. He's done it, you know, several years throughout his career. Uh, He's just old. Um, Uh, He's he's got to be the oldest guy on the list at 38. And he's got two ear flaps. That's an automatic like anti swagger um, yeah. piece of the puzzle here. Like we got it's got to get mentioned. I'm sorry. It'd be uh, better yeah. if he if he was also not a switch hitter. You know, I understand it, but like you play it's for just, a major league team and you can get two buckets. No, no, like, but
0: it would just be better if like let's say he was a lefty only. I'm assuming. Like I actually don't even know if what uh, splits are. Yeah, if, if he is a consistent split hitter. But it would be better if you say just a lefty, and he has a double ear because he like did it in rookie ball once, and then just kept it. You know what I mean? Those like weird things. Um, I'd be all over that. Uh, See, I would
1: drill him on purpose. <laughs> like if if you rolled <laughs> into a game as a as a one sided hitter with two ear flaps, and it's not like minor league baseball, like where you can only get one bucket. Like, uh-huh. sorry, you're getting drilled. It's happening. Wow.
0: That that I'm glad I know that now. If I step in the box with you, I'll be sure to. Oh, I'll dust, I will
1: dust. So I coached with a guy who's like the head of parks and rec in our city. And so Ron he and I are old friends and he didn't recognize me because when I coached with him, I had a baby face. And then when I was pitching, I had the big old beard and I threw one behind him. And this is in like over 30 men's league baseball. And he did not know what to do with that because <laughs> he didn't realize it was me until you, yeah. after. Yeah, it was really funny. We had a good laugh after and after, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's there's lots of things that you got to think about with these guys. Swagger should be at the top of your list if it isn't. Um, <laughs> get it there. <laughs> so I I'm, I'm mainly just stalling so I can get to the. Yeah, I was here. gonna say we'll go back uh, to
0: Jed Lowry because I've got a couple of guys that we'll just very quickly mention above. Jemai Jones. Uh, I, I got. Angels I got it Baltimore. here. No, I got it here. Okay.
1: So left-handed splits last year were uh, 259 against the lefties. So hitting right-handed 237. Uh, right handed against the lefties. So, you know, theoretically, slugs up against uh, the lefties, whereas batting average is up against uh, the righties. So that's pretty much uh, where we're at.
0: Okay. So <clears throat> we move on now inside the top 50, and we've got Jamai Jones, former prospect with the Angels, now with Baltimore opportunity to play. He'll be entering his age 24 season. Um, stat line has not been good to him uh, at the major league level, but again, with Baltimore. Really tough division, a lot of good pitching. It'll be interesting to see what can happen. He's an absolute crapshoot guy, and with dynasty value low, not a bad option. He's still uh, rookie or prospect eligible, so you can, you can or should be able to at least get him this year, this offseason on a low buy, and just pop him into your minors and kind of forget about him. Sometimes these guys never amount to anything, but it's not a bad idea to put somebody like Jones in your minors and just see see if something comes of it, right? You never know. Um, another guy who's got a little bit more hype to him, but is in Cleveland is uh, Tyler Freeman, 23 year old, and we know Cleveland's shuffling, moving things around. But it it could be it could be Freeman's year. Uh, he could we could see him this year. Don't want to get too excited because uh, once upon a time, I had this guy. Ty, you had this guy too, up real high, and the bottom has absolutely fallen out. Kesten Hira. Um, Mr. Quad A. Now, I, I don't understand it. So, so good at AAA and previous seasons. So good in MLB with MLB pitchers. And last year, could not get right up and down. Fit it, excuse me, finished the year with the big league club on the bench, consistently going 0 for 1, 0 for 2. So just could never get. And you know, he was up there to be coached up, you know, mental, um, mental relief whatever whatever you would call that um up there to be with the big league club because he's supposed to be a big leaguer but i don't know what in the heck to do with the guy who's only entering his age 25 season heavily um successful early part of his career that still is early on but the bottom has just absolutely fallen out like i don't know like
1: do do you think it was a power not, switch like no it's it's a hitch in his swing which is what i've been concerned about for a while and i didn't really Recognize it when we were ranking him higher, but it was extremely obvious to me after the debut. Um, and and honestly, I'm gonna throw a name at you that might make some fantasy owners jitter a little bit, uh, but I, I think it's a good comparable because the tools are there, like the ability to play baseball is there. Um, but at the highest level, you know these little weaknesses get exposed. Jake Marisnik is the guy that I'm thinking. Uh, a guy that had all the tools, run, hit power, all the things, just could never make consistent contact and drive the ball. And and Kessen here has massive power. Like nobody questions that. But the problem is he can't run into the ball enough to to use it because his off-speed splits are going to be impacted by the little hitch in a swing, not to mention the fastball uh, percentages. So I, I mean, that's the thing that that's I've always seen with him. Um you know, and it's definitely been exposed at the higher levels. Like, there's no questions about that because you know he goes into triple A and he seems to right the ship, if you will, and then he bounces back up and he gets torched by major league pitching again, right? Like so, immediately,
0: it's it's yeah. not even like it's uh, a slow descent. Like it is, he's up and he's over four.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing: like he's 171 or 163 against the fastball, uh, 148 against the breaking pitches. Previous year uh in 20 uh he really didn't do much better 222 203 uh and but his break-in year and this is this is the things that you know we we need to recognize right 65 of the pitches he faced were fastballs he hit 298 and of the 17 or sorry of the 18 home runs he hit 11 of them were on the fastball right so something i've talked about a lot with rookies breaking in and this is exactly that now he's exposed And if he doesn't shift that, he's going to be a guy that fades off into nothingness.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I hope he doesn't, um, but there are other guys who at second base have had good moments, bad moments, and then they just end up kicking around for seven, eight more years. And eventually, you know, it levels off, but here it looked like he was going to be a top three uh, dynasty second baseman. And now that is, I mean, by far it is in question. I've moved him way back as of you. Um, and he's, he's settled, settled in now with a lot left to prove for us. Another guy, I I would love
1: to see, I would love to be wrong on here for the record. Like I'd love for him to correct it because there's an exciting player in there somewhere, but I just don't think we're going to see it.
0: And stolen base potential. In
1: addition to the power,
0: like he could be a total package guy, but again, he's got to, he's got to make a change. In order to do that so starlin castro is 32 years old he's kicked around with several teams washington last year i can't remember i feel like he was traded um possibly oakland i think everybody was traded to oakland last year down the stretch but um oh no that wasn't him um that was just harrison but anyway <clears throat> castro looks like he's probably going to get back with the team this year and this is just somebody who kind of kicks the can down the road for you at second base gets you a player uh former prospect similar to Keston Hira is Kevin Newman with Pittsburgh, who had a really, really good 2019 and then not so much in 2020 or 2021, which is one of the reasons why he slid way back. Um, The power, stolen bases, the average, it's just it's not there right now. And it looks like Pittsburgh might be getting ready to kind of turn the page on some of these types of guys. Now, people like Newman are different than other players like Philip Evans, who Philip Evans came up, had a couple of injuries that ended seasons for him but also didn't have um a 500 at bat season with pittsburgh as newman did in 19 so we'll see what's up with that but very tentative i would be looking to move him if i could
1: the only thing i'll add there though is that they cleared the deck a little bit for him in pittsburgh um from a depth perspective right the 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 thing that i would be most concerned with honestly is who he's competing for for the starting job and that is fan favorite michael Javi Chavez, uh, who is now going to be in the right. I mean, want to talk about a buy low. Uh, Let's talk Michael Chavez. Like there's a guy that could surprise some people this year. If he's running. we'll have to see.
0: I don't know if he's under our first or third base, but um, maybe we'll have to make mention of that and then move him over. Uh, That, that will be something, but I believe Nick Gonzalez would be the one that is going to take that second base job. Um, there's but, I'm I'm gonna put a zero
1: percent chance on Nick Gonzalez taking that job this year.
0: Oh yeah. Well Gonzalez is There's, going into his age twenty three year Newman age twenty eight. There's no yeah. need to rush Nick Gonzalez because, like we talked about with the pitcher episode, where Pittsburgh's got a couple guys coming, um, as well as catcher. Uh but well, it's not, not t- 2023 or sorry, it's not 2022 yeah. that they're looking to get those guys in. It's probably 2023. They're looking to actually start to like establish some of those guys, those longer contract guys.
1: The only um, way we see Nick Gonzalez this year is if we see like a pre-arbitration deal, like Evan White type of deal. Like that's the only oh, okay. way I see Nick Gonzalez on, on the Pirates roster this year. I mean, they're they're rebuilding, they're notorious for you know playing the contract games. They are usually aggressive on those types of guys though right like they usually are one of the clubs that gets out early on those young guys signs that six or seven year deal at a reasonable rate um and they, they tend to do that. so I'm not going to rule it out but I, I think in this instance you've got a new GM and I, and I don't think they're going to go that way I think he's going to hold the prospects for at least another year
0: We'll see either way. Nick Gonzalez does only have one year of professional ball under his belt. However, the stat line is beautiful. 302 uh, average 950 OP as a 950. Yeah. 950 OPS. Uh, Strike out to walk ratio. Wasn't great. But anyway, Gonzalez still learning the craft at the major league level and 18 dingers in that. First oh, and we'll season. touch on
1: him in a little bit later.
0: Yeah. Jerks and Uh, next up was was with San Diego. I believe free agent now. Um, very much like a Starlin Castro type. Uh, John VR was somebody that I wanted to just just discuss because he's back this far. He's back at 43 for us. And I have him not ranked <laughs> because I just hate him. I hate him so much. And it has nothing to do with his time in Toronto when he came aboard and Just seemed like a real crap guy. Um, John VR is a useful fantasy player for second base. And the reason why is that last year, even though he had like a bench roll until the Mets were just like, I don't know. I don't know what happened with the Mets. Everybody got hurt, and then he started to get some playing time. But he was able to carve out a 250 average, a 738 OPS, neither of which are great, uh, but serviceable on both ends, and 18 home runs. And that's in 454 at-bats, a full season. But what is VR supposed to do, Ty? What's the thing that makes him the difference maker?
1: Stolen bases all day, every day.
0: And all he got was 14 last year. So anybody that invested in John VR should be just like me and say, you know what? Screw you. You're 31 years old. You're not getting it done for me. And teams are looking to move on. And if they're not going to let wherever he goes next, if they're not going to let him steal bases, then he needs to find the right home. Because with Baltimore, he stole 40 and 19. And then last year, um, he only managed the 16, as I mentioned. And in the strike shortened season, he also had 16. But it's just it's it's he's not an effective player if he's not getting elite stolen base numbers from you and 40 is elite but 16 is not elite 16 is cobbled together um you know between like your first baseman and any random second baseman so you can kind of punt on a vr if he's not going to be getting
1: um do you know where i'd love to see him this year uh a one-year deal nope to replace (laughs) uh starlin castro in washington uh no that's
0: that's where the next guy up, tie is playing. Uh, he's called the franchise, and his name is oh, Luis Garcia.
1: What happens when left-handers are pitching against him, though?
0: Oppo Tacos.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Luis Garcia has a split problem, and we have a, he hasn't solved it yet. So, you know, he he would have actually been a really good pair for Mike Brousseau, Uh to be honest. There would have been a good matchup there, but uh, I think at the end of the day, Luis Garcia has upside, very similar to some of the guys we've talked about, but Ultimately the splits are going to be the definition of Luis Garcia's career. Uh, If he cannot solve the lefty splits, he's going to be a utility guy. And that's the big issue with Luis Garcia.
0: I will say this Ty: in 142 triple a at bats last year, Garcia was a three Oh three hitter. Now stolen bases are not his thing. So he needs to be ball bat on ball, ball in play, you know, making, making the rounds. He also had 13 dingers, Uh, For a 19 home run season in 2021, if you include his MLB time. Now, the MLB average at 242, not impressive, OPS 686. These are all the things I like, right? All the things that I like is when I see the potential, but the MLB results aren't there and they're no longer prospects because that usually, usually means the average Dynasty player wants to move on from that player and go on to the next shiny gem. And that's when I can come on. Now, Ty likes to wait another two, three years, until oh, they're yeah. uh, coming back see, from the Mexican see league. See no Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's when they're post-hype. So for me, I'm looking at the Luis Garcias, uh, Kyber Ruiz, who people are just kind of like forgetting. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it's unfortunate they're both on Washington, but the point stands that you want underperformers with a lot of potential and a track record that, helps you in the category you're looking for them to compete in right if i'm wanting luis garcia to still 40 bases like i was talking about with nick madrigal i'm like all he's got to do is get the reins off and then he doesn't get the reins off well then he's not the player that i thought he was he's not going to be able to do those that get earn that high ranking that i gave him but with garcia he's fallen way back um in our rankings he's up 42 i've got him at 30 Ty's got him at 50. obviously we see different things and that's what we're getting at second base right we're not talking about a power bat. Uh, with this guy a speed bat, with the other, uh, we're talking a lot of average, a lot of average, and hoping on stolen bases with with the rest of it. We're not seeing too many power bats, especially this far out. So um, surprise up and out of nowhere, AL Central guy. What are the odds, right, Ty? A guy came out of nowhere on the Cardinals last year, Edmundo Sosa.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, this is a guy that is a baseball player. I mean, I'm not I'm not as excited about him as a fantasy player. I mean. The greatest highlight he had last year was drilling the umpire in the head on the spin move throw over to first base. Um, I, I'm just there's there's a a serviceable guy that helped the Cardinals win baseball games. I'm still betting on Paul DeYoung for the the portion of the bats uh, in St. Louis. Like he fought some injuries last year. Paul DeYoung makes them a a much better team than Edmundo Sosa does. But I do think uh, the combination of Sosa. Edmund Gorman de young will kind of <laughs> rotate some at bats between That's a lot the three of bodies well it's it's four for bodies three base, positions right no, 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 yeah. there's three positions right? like I mean the reality is like they're gonna fill backfill Arenado at third um you know when he takes a day off um but for the most part, like he, I don't think Sosa's gonna win the gross number of at bats that people think he's gonna win. I mean, he he plays a good defense, and he's he's a serviceable guy, but I think you're going to see with Mike Shokan that he gets less playing time. Uh, I just think that's the reality. I think um, DeYoung's just a better, a better hitter. There's no questions about it.
0: Well, and also I would say like Sosa's kind of free money for St. Louis. Yep. You know, totally. it wasn't part of any massive deal, and he, he's come through and he's been okay. Much like Hanser Alberto, who I believe is a free agent right now, started last year, I think, with Baltimore or it was 2020 with baltimore 2021 with kc but either way he's he's an average baseball player he's an average Mm uh 270 hitter i think it was 272 last year and he wasn't getting regular at bats or anything like that so he's a doesn't hurt you guys so maybe in your deep leagues if you're kind of i don't know playing studs and duds or something alberto might be the type of guy you can pick up um on the cheap league minimum type thing and he might be able to you know, chug along, but every off season you're going to wonder, where is he, where's he heading to next, unless he can really catch on with somebody, uh, prospect Aaron Brocko with Cleveland. He'll be entering his age 21 season, I believe 22, possibly. Um, just, I, I mean, same with Tyler Freeman. They're, they're coming up. There isn't a whole lot to say when we get into prospects, we can talk a little bit more about those guys, uh, moving up last year, basically saving. And as far as I'm concerned, saving his MLB career, Nikki Lopez, um, 20. He'll be entering his age 27 season. Last year, Lopez's line, oh, Ty, it's so weird. 300, 300 average, 744 OPS, 22 stolen bases, which makes no sense to me. Um, a little bit better than two to one strikeout to walk ratio and no power. So we had two dingers. Pre, prior to last year, Nicky Lopez as a professional baseball player had not had 20 home runs since 2017 when he was playing A Double A, so for him to just like get it back is a classic Kansas City thing, right? You're not doing a whole lot else, so when you get on base, Nicky, please steal, and then he's getting on base. Obviously, it's a he's a confidence guy, right? If he's playing well, he can keep it rolling, and he really did last year, and to the point that um, Alberto Mondesi is a third base only guy uh, eligible for this year coming up, I think on Fantrax. That's the only position. So Nicky Lopez looks like the second baseman for the Royals, um, but we got no pop and you're counting on him to uh, continue on from his career. Uh, I guess it wasn't really his career best average, but um, as a minor leaguer, he he batted in the upper twos and 300s. But as an MLB, he went 240 in 19, 200 in 2020, and then 300 last year. So it's up to you, the individual, what you
1: think nikki lopez is because i sure as heck can't figure it out yeah i mean for me too you've got some compression going you're gonna have Mondesi back maybe could be healthy could not be healthy um you're gonna have bobby witt in all likelihood at some point this season so for me nikki lopez playing time is also on the decline uh so i think all of those things combined i think you end up with a lot less value this year for nikki lopez i'm gonna just say right now like 2021 was probably peak Nikki Lopez. I think that's probably a, a that's fairly fair. safe reality. Uh you know, he could come close to matching that again, but I doubt I doubt he will. So I mean for me, I I'm these are the kind of guys I stay away from. These these guys that maybe could be a slightly above average. Like I want especially if I'm playing in the average uh area for any position, I'm going to be looking for a guy that I know is going to be average, not Somebody that could be right. So yeah, he, would... he's
0: a dart throw, right? Ty, like if you're, if you're looking to pick up, like if you're looking to actually acquire Nicky Lopez, please don't think to yourself that he's going to somehow be able to easily repeat what happened last year. Exactly. You know, and to Ty's point, there could be playing time concerns. So tack on that, like you have a healthy Mondesi in the middle, along with Bobby Witt in the middle does not. Move Nikki Lopez first or third, so he yeah. needs a middle and field position because there's no power for him whatsoever. And unless he is going to become a real big stolen base threat, he's probably not going to see as much time late in the games, he'll be subbed out rather than, or, or he'll be the guy that's getting subbed in maybe to steal a base, something like that. Now, um, all hope is not lost for Scott Kingry, just kidding, it is. Um, but he's still young, he'll be entering his age 28 year, he's under major league. Uh, under a major league contract but he's off Phillies 40 man i think if he's raking this year scott kingery's got an opportunity to either come back with the phillies or be moved in a trade for very little to be given playing time by whomever a lesser team let's say ty so i feel like he'll be getting scouted a lot this year by major league scouts to see if it's worth moving him to their major league franchise so i've got a bit of hope for kingery in that sense but I mean, we had Ellen Adair on last off season, and and she just said she's like he's all that's happened to him is he's been molded and remolded and remolded over and over, and he's never just got to be the guy he once was. Maybe now that all hope has kind of fallen to this, all the all the expectations are gone for him now. Maybe he'll just be able to like be an efficient player like he was supposed to be
1: years ago. I, I think this is a guy that could slide into uh, one of our favorite categories here on Dingers, and that's. Hello. Is it me you looking for?
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, <clears throat> so I know you've heard that before. If you've been listening with us for a long time, Ty would do the hello drop. Um, but since we've switched from Zoom where we were losing our interviews to um StreamYard, where there are effects like the beautiful um what is this called ty an overlay the overlay uh (laughs) there's also like videos and um ty just played the that was great um the (laughs) lionel richie uh but complete with like it's like a meme is it a meme a gif it's
1: it's it's funny there's so much packed in there yeah and and that's what you get when you watch live on on the stream as opposed to in the audio the audio is great it's what we've started with but The video gives you a little bit of a different take and a different feel. So uh, you can go over to the YouTube page and join the other like eight followers that we have. Um, We just kind (laughs) of got started over there. So feel free to to join over there. But no,
0: you, you do make amazing thumbnails as I've said several times before. And um, I know that it's nice when you're sitting at home. If I happen to see, uh, hey it's enrico plaza fancy baseball podcast is on youtube when i'm scrolling through youtube which on friday nights this is something i do uh vgg on my hat here Tuke is vice grip garage an awesome youtube channel not fancy baseball related um and and i i bought their merch and i did it because i wanted to support those guys so um if you want to support us you have to buy merch just go and like subscribe to yeah. the youtube channel and that's and cool. five
1: star reviews also
0: oh yeah, five star reviews. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah say yeah um but yeah, I mean, honestly, like there <laughs> that's a guy that could fall in there there's there's enough tools there to be reasonable. I mean, I don't think he's gonna be the franchise changing guy that I think there was you know, illusions of grander out of the Philadelphia fan base there for a little bit. um but I think he can still be a very reasonable player. and I think the best thing that could happen to Scott Kingery is he gets traded somehow and Philly eats part of that contract in the trade like i I think that's the best thing that can happen for Kingery but i don't think it will so we'll see what happens in the spring uh, i think that's yeah. going to be a big time for for scott kingery
0: so tommy Lestella really quickly was with san francisco i believe he's a free agent if he's not i apologize but i can't figure out his status at this moment in time when i'm checking he'll be entering his age 33 season san francisco played really well as a team last year if he's back in san francisco um, I don't want him as my starting third baseman because Evan Longoria was doing really well till he got hurt last year. Also, but if Lestella Tommy Lestella
1: is in San Francisco for two more seasons,
0: two more. Thank you. Okay, I'm gonna put pop, pop him back. So I would absolutely caution on the buy for Listella, thinking 500 at bats. But if you're thinking 350 efficient, boom, sign me up. That's that's what I think Tommy Lassell is going to be able to offer you is 350 at bats. So you're going to need a prospect on the cusp. You're going to need multi-position eligible guys that you can move around. Maybe he's best in daily lineups. If you're weekly, I, no, no, for, no on
1: Lasella, and that's why he is where he is for us. See, yeah, I'm I'm going to say I'm a little more excited about his upside. Uh, I don't think he's got a lot of, you know, competition at second base. You've got some guys coming still for. Uh, the giants in, in the farm system, but I, I really think he's going to have a clean shot at second this here. And I don't think he's going to lose a lot of at bats to Wilmer Flores. I'm sorry. I just don't think that's, that's how that plays out. Now, if they go and they resign, you know, a second baseman or they sign a second baseman somehow, then yeah, be concerned. But I, I don't think they sign him to a three-year deal if they don't have every intention of running him out there every day. So I, I think very, very likely, I think he'll outperform our rank uh in the next two seasons but i you know for me i put him further back because those back three uh he does have a little injury history here so the back three of the five years is the biggest reason i have him back there
0: that's exactly right same with me um and listella was i think a third base type last year i know he's under our second base rankings that's the logical position for tommy listella when he was with the angels as well he was moving around the infield um Next guy up here, Ty, Garrett Hampson with Colorado. Oh, man, what a, I don't know. For me, he's just an empty guy, at low OPS. He's not doing all the things he was supposed to do. Everybody loves him in Redraft. Every year they find a way. Um, I know you own him, but for me, Ty, he's a, he's a guy I would not want in a trade, even if he was like on a great, it was a great deal for me because I think whatever asset I would be trading away, I would covet more than Garrett Hampson. It would be hard to find somebody that I like or that I, I think I could find true value with in a trade where I'd be like, yeah, I'll give that up for Garrett Hampson. I think his value is just way too high for what he's produced. Even though Colorado is like, kind, like they're kind of bottoming out, but they still, you know, can put up runs because it is Colorado. Uh, they've got some pop in the lineup. It's minor. I just don't think Hampson's going to do anything but disappoint dynasty owners.
1: I think the biggest issue with Hampson is that he's never been given the lead off role, which is what he needs. Right, Garrett Hampson, as a leadoff hitter, I think can be productive with productive hitters behind him. Unfortunately, they never structured the lineup that way because Colorado has zero idea what they're doing. Uh, easily the Jets of, of baseball at this stage of the game. I, I think there's just a major mishandling of Garrett Hampson, and, and I think there's going to be a moment in time, and I don't know that it's going to be this year, might be next year, uh, that there will be, where did this Garrett Hampson guy come from? Right? I think that's still going to happen. Um, it could be this year because there's no pressure on anybody in Colorado this year, uh, maybe except for Kyle Freeland to decide whether he's good or not. Uh, but beyond beyond that, I think uh, just a major misuse, and I think there's still enough in the tank uh, to to kind of get going there. All right. <laughs> i mean jonathan... i'm not it's not it's not a full endorsement it's just to be cautious of like opportunity that's more or less what it is
0: okay yeah i, I i'm just out i'm out i'm out on him i'm out on jonathan shoop as well who's up next he had what was it like 2018 17 18 you can't one say his name group. right you should definitely Shope. be out Shope. scope scope you know what i don't want to clean my mouth out with scope i want it to be he... Shope.
1: <laughs> he re-signed with detroit also
0: did he actually resign? That's brutal yeah that's why um, i put
1: it in there and then you erase oh it.
0: and then i erased it
1: well i yeah. i'm what
0: have, i'm i starve for power so i've i've worked the spreadsheet tie you already know this i'm going to screw up the average at some point in time on this i'm entering the ages as we go i am a loose loose cannon anyway uh shope, baby i want uh, scope
1: yeah scope, and now i can't
0: go. even say it I'm a, now i'm you with the names and the pronunciation think of
1: it as scoop with an h scope
0: <laughs> oh my god uh anyway i'm i'm not interested in the power no power uh because that's what he's offering you he's not offering you a high average he's possibly going to be losing playing time as he goes but detroit will fun be fun fun fact he hit
1: 278 last year career average 262 just yeah. a fun fact
0: yeah, fun fact, but one, 110
1: yep. OPS plus just for fun.
0: Oh, for all those OPS plus leagues out there. I mean, that's you know a, what?
1: Above, above league average, man. So, okay, take it it's- for what you will.
0: I will take it. Um, I have him ranked 35th. And I mean, for your, all your love, you've got him. Wait, I've got him ranked 32nd. You've got him ranked 35th. Why am I saying he sucks? And you're like, you know what? He's pretty good. This makes no sense. Anyway, next up, prospect <laughs> Justin Focus with Texas. Uh, they are moving in a new direction. And it looks like um, that new guy that came to town, that Simeon fella, like he might be blocking him. So Foucault might be looking for a new spot, whether that's organizationally or positionally. We will see a bat a bat is going to play though. So if he's hitting, he'll find a way into that lineup uh, some way, somehow entering his age 23 season, much further off. However, very high floor at this moment for Nick York with Boston. He'll be entering his age 20 season. Uh, I see the hype on this guy just going nuts. And that is part of the, the value in Dynasty and ranking is if somebody, even if you don't like them and everyone else is saying, oh, he's worth this, he's worth that. Well, he's worth what someone's willing to pay. But if all you see out there is everybody like hyping somebody up, you can assume if you have him that he's worth more than you think he is, which is fine. And that's where I am with Nick York. I think he's really, really getting hyped up. And that's why I have him in the teens in my rankings. But for us, he fell into 32. Nothing against him. He's also possibly, what, three years away um, from breaking in. So a lot's gonna change with him as a, you know, entering, leaving his teens, entering his 20s. Uh, but just just know that like everyone is really excited about Nick York and if you happen to own him and the right deal comes along, you might wanna just make that deal, get yourself some MLB players, prospects, picks, whatever package is coming back. And by the time Nick York breaks in, you could already have two championships.
1: I mean, 14 home runs in your first professional season is it's exciting, awesome, Right. Yeah. Like that's as a team. Per- yeah. As a 19 year old. Right. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. So, you know, enough to be excited about him. I, I don't think the excitement's wrong. I think the timelines are. And I think that's, you know, why we do the rankings the way we do them. Right. Is to help you guys understand why it's too early to get that jacked up about Nick York. So. Um, I would rather wait in full transparency to buy Nick York when he struggles at double a. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now that's going to happen. He's going to have a little dip and people are going to start to freak out. And that's your chance to buy him.
0: Okay. Well we do have, we're going to, I'm going to skip two guys just because your point on Nick York, um, being really highly valued and then waiting until he struggles. Vidal Bruyon's ranked at 29 for us. That's, that's what happened to him last year. Just so everyone's aware, yeah. He's entering his age 24 season, got a little cup of coffee last year with Tampa Bay, and they were, they were in win-now mode, and he wasn't ready. So they moved him out. So just don't forget about Bruyon. I know he's back in our rankings, but keep, but keep
1: one of my favorite. Hello, it's me. We're falling back. <laughs> The They're picture, fully back. The picture with <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. gotta watch
0: the live stream. Uh what are we at? <laughs> Minute 48.
1: Just just go to that and just oh
0: geez. <laughs> my
1: gosh. Yeah. So but but bring here, like this is a contact bat with huge upside speed, right? So I feel like I'm trying to sell aerodyne Dynamic. It you know, they just landed on my desk, and there might not have been a stock this valuable in the last 10 years. Waiting on its patent above You know, you know the the pitch from uh Wolf of Wall Street, right? So uh the reality here mm-hmm. is Bruyon is going to play this season. Um, this Tampa team scares me. They're so good, like yeah. they're so good. Um, and, and Bruyon is gonna probably in all likelihood shift Brandon Lau, right? Like Brandon Lau is either gonna find himself playing first base and or or third base, like oh, I, left I think, field. Yeah, but, I mean that's like, that too, but they, they have outfielders.
0: Glory. They, like, they've already got Austin Meadows, who's like left field DH. Like it's just yeah, that, but but you're right, Ty. You're you're absolutely right. And one of the reasons why they made a deal to trade away the next guy up in Joey Wendell is because they've got the depth and the contractual status and, and cheap guys in uh yeah. you know Vidal Bruyon. So Joey Wendell, who's now with Miami entering his age 32 season, this is a very good high floor type guy. The average has bounced around a little bit um irregular playing time when did he really come in 18 was his first full year no
1: no gloves huge swagger
0: oh love it so 300 average in 18 that was the rookie year and then uh 231 struggled 286 last year coming back from injury settling in this year with a 265 average uh he steals around you know eight i'm gonna say ty he safely steals eight bases because that's what he's done the last three seasons even the strike shortened year and he's a 50 RBI, 50 run type guy. Last year, really spiked actually in the runs at 73 and double digit dingers for the first time in his career last year. Moving to Miami, a team we like, big ballpark though. Um, however, Joey Wendell is is good everyday guy. I don't think he's going to win you weeks. But if if you're looking, like I said about other guys, Gene Segura would be another example with Philly. who's ranked 30th for us. Josh Harrison would be even even further back um, at 31 with us once he has a home. These are the guys that if you're punting the position, minimal investment, that's who you're going to get. Now, Wendell is going to have a couple of years left. So that's the difference. And the reason why he's up a little bit further.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's a big, you know, we talked about Breon. Like there's a big reason Tampa traded both Wendell and Brasso. Like they know these guys are coming. They think they're ready. Uh, for me, Segura though, on, on that note, like, ah, that's a guy I want to own. I think, the cost of acquisition for Gene Segura is going to be so low this season. Oh yeah.
0: Everyone's so tired it's, of him.
1: It's going to be so low. And and I'm in for that. Like I'm in for the, the dollar I'm going to have to pay to have him uh, because he probably the reality, depending on what Philly does with the shortstop position, like Segura could split time in the middle and that adds a little extra layer of value. Josh Harrison on the other side, the speed guy, he's slappy. He can still do it. Like I went not watch that game in Toronto. I've talked about it on a couple episodes. When Oakland was in town after the trade, he still looks like a 25 year old running out there. Like he's one of the most athletic guys on the field. That's what made him great in Pittsburgh. Um, I think there's still a couple good years left to Josh Harrison, and I think again, you know, if he was five years of value, I'd have him ranked higher. But I don't think it's going to be five years. So those two guys are guys that I'm going to target over the next year and a half or so um, to try and find spots on my roster in a lot of leagues, just because I I think nobody cares for them and and i think that's a huge opportunity
0: someone that nobody cares for as well ties number 27th ranked luis Ariz with minnesota he's only entering his age 25 year um but he's he's only doing a couple things for you batting average he's getting he's getting you there he's getting you obp so regardless of your format um and he is able to not strike out <laughs> so yeah that's that's the only way I can really say it he um yeah he he's really really good at not hurting you and depending on what Minnesota does he could still be able to continuously get 400 ish at bats for the next couple years in Minnesota or he could be moved off somewhere else but he's going to be the same guy right no power doesn't steal so fantasy um domination probably not with with Luis but absolute uh, bench ace somebody you can throw in over the weekend if you're trying to like you know maintain your average or obp or whatever it is uh, specifically in category leagues obviously that's going to be your guy but he's not going to be doing you as well in points leagues because he's not getting all the runs and rbis stolen bases and dingers that some of the other guys above him are on this list but he yep. is still 25 uh,
1: agreed yeah, and I think he's just going to be a, a very underappreciated guy. Like we talked about earlier, if I'm betting on a guy to be average for a long time, Luis Arrieta definitely fits that. Um, Chris Taylor is a guy that definitely falls into that average category as well. Um, I, I do think this is a guy for me that's a little overvalued in a lot of formats. Um, he's a great baseball player, you know, in terms of a guy. If you want a guy on your team to help you win a championship in real life, Um, that's a guy that you, you want, he has intangibles and flexibility and all that stuff. Um, I think he gets overdrafted early because of that flexibility and then overvalued in trades for the same reasons. Like, I I just think there's better options, like comparably like Jonathan scope. I mean, you, you dumped on him earlier, like their stat lines are, are somewhat aligned. Uh, so I, I think that's a scenario where I'm, I'm just not a Chris Taylor guy because of what other people want to pay for him.
0: And that's fair, and I, I do agree with that, Ty. I think that's that's a good analysis. Colton Wong's number 25 for us. Breakout just, leader. And just
1: real quick to bring it back on. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump, jump in, but in. home runs 20, batting average 254, and what most people would consider a good season for Chris Taylor last year, both of those below the numbers Jonathan Scope put up. So that's why I wanted to chime in there.
0: On a loaded Dodger team as well so uh colton wong who left st louis and then let them know what he thought after he was doing well with milwaukee uh entering his age 31 season a, a good lock and load second baseman for a few years um you're you're getting you're getting what st louis is no longer able to get from colton wong because they uh what was it that he was talking about how they basically like got him to stop doing everything that he was good at or whatever, whatever it was, I, the, there was a conversation or an interview where he basically just was like, yeah, this is a, this is what happened. So St. Louis basically screwed me up and screwed me over. And then you know goes to Milwaukee and, and division champs back in the playoffs. All those there's fun a great, things.
1: There's a great video of him stealing second off Yachty and then chirping Yachty from second base. And then he actually takes second base after the game for himself it's it's pretty fun i mean wow. I, I just love that kind of like, gamesmanship and look clearly past teammates and there's just there's a shot of yaddy just with like a wry smile like you mother <laughs>
0: i wonder if that i wonder if that base got mailed to him this offseason Mailed to yaddy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <I> don't. <laughs> this no, I, I stole
0: this from you i'm giving it back or something like that you know i mean that's his me, retirement like, present
1: but it's an ultimate sign of respect too right so oh, Spong, uh, clearly yeah. loves Yadi and clearly wanted to have a little fun mm. with him and knew how big of a deal it is. Like, one of the best catchers of all time. Uh, he took a base from him, and he wanted to let him know, which is awesome.
0: Definitely. Now, we've got somebody here who's four years younger. Uh, Jorge Mateo, former San Diogen, um Oakland as well. Now with Baltimore, where we think there will be playing time, entering his age 27 season. Um, l- the little bit of, he- of time he had last year. Looks like there's some promise for him to move forward with Baltimore. This is absolutely, like, not a lock. Like, this yeah. is just... Taking a chance and cheap acquisition. So he, he's out, I, there, I in yeah. he's the out there in your dynasty league. Yeah. This is the kind of guy you, who's gonna be in him.
1: In this him? is kind of in guy him. when I'm like he'd be an interesting guy for me to own. And when I look, he's like, Oh, he's on Rhapsody. That's no surprising. <laughs> like <laughs> right, like just like he fits that profile, like exactly. He's right, he's right there with Brent Honeywell. Interesting. Um
0: <laughs> Cesar Hernandez is the next guy up who finished last year with socks and uh Career high, 21 home runs, 232 average, full season of playing time. And what was he, Philly, and then went to Cleveland in the offseason. That's right. And then was traded from Cleveland. Uh, I don't really know what to expect from Hernandez. He will be entering his age 32 season. And as a result, I don't have great expectations of of him to go and do anything great. He also doesn't have a home yet. Uh, I don't think he's back with socks. I think he's a free agent at this moment, which is why he was traded from Cleveland. So, Uh, need to know what's up with Cesar Hernandez, but I feel like every year, especially in redraft, once all the second basemen start to go, someone's like, I'll just wait and get Cesar Hernandez. (laughs) Like he's a floor guy, right? He doesn't crush you, but he's also until last year, he wasn't winning you, um, categories even within second base shortstop guys. Yeah. Next up Uh, Ty, You get him. He's all yours.
1: Kevin Biggio, um, it, Toronto, a guy that everybody loved to, to be in on over the last couple of seasons. Uh, obviously, the plate disciplines there, OBP would be probably his strongest trait uh, that you're going to see. So anybody that is, is in one of those OBP leagues um, is there. You're going to want to look at Cavin Biggio. Now, I, I truly believe Kevin Biggio is slotting into team post-type. Like, I, I firmly believe that's where he's at in the in the arc. He's on a very good baseball team, and they're going to want to pitch to Kevin Biggio because they do not want to pitch to the rest of that team. So, that automatically gives any player in that position an advantage. Doesn't matter whether you're a catcher, Danny, see Danny Jansen, or Kevin Biggio playing second, third uh, announcer, whatever he's going to be this year. Um, at the end of the day, Biggio has pop. And I would hope that he spent the entire offseason trying to flatten his swing. Cause that's about the only thing holding Kevin Biggio back is that he has a Bryce Harper uppercut swing with less than Bryce Harper skill set. So uh, I think flattening that out, working with Teo and Bichette in the offseason, which he's been doing, I think he's got two really good hitters in his corner. I, I'm I'm buying Biggio as as a breakout guy this year like I really think he's going to be one of the best guys to own at the second base position this season and I think no one anywhere thinks that.
0: Yeah, I certainly don't because I know I owned him before his big 2018 season in a few dynasty leagues and I thought well he, like he did so well and then in 19 he's coming home from double A championship team to triple A and then they're getting ready to have this new uh, you know, Bo, Vlad, Biggio come up. And I think Biggio may have been the first one up. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it was like, look at the patience on him. And then it's like, he's just taking strikes. And it was a matter of like, he's got to be a little more aggressive. He's got to, and I feel like that's what we're hearing listening to the broadcast. Um, or if you're actually watching the game, you know that that's what people are saying. And it's, B, Biggio's got to be more aggressive, got to be more aggressive. Well, that's not his game. Like, he's no. got to sit back and let let the strike zone. Um, come to him I mean, and, and have certain pitches that he's just going to go on, if they're not going to let him do that, maybe Toronto's not the right fit after all.
1: Yeah, 100%. And BGO needs to go into the zone discipline a little bit more. Like, I'm looking for one pitch and one spot early in the count. Because to, to somebody that watches a lot of his at-bats, like, the big thing that happens is they know he's not swinging and they just pour fastballs down the middle. Like, he needs to knock a couple of those out of the yard. Like, he's capable of doing it. He's just not doing it um so i think at the end of the day that's where we're at with bgo but i I do think this is a season where he's going to take a big step forward he had a lot of injury problems last year uh wasn't well documented everyone just thought he was being awful um so i'm expecting him to be one of the bounce back guys of this entire season at any position
0: okay somebody who definitely needs a bounce back after his trade last year is adam frazier he started with pittsburgh and was what batting 324 at the time of his trade went to San Diego, hit 267, which sounds horrible when you think 324 to 267, but still for his career tie, he's a 281 hitter. Um, And basically what he is, is a, an older Luis series, but he does have the ability to get 10 dingers in a year for you. So that's why he has a little bit of a tick up. Now he's in Seattle, Uh, there's opportunity. I mean, we already talked about Dylan Moore. There's opportunity for him to move around a little bit too within the team and see what's going on. You know, Evan White's coming back from injury. Ty France was excellent last year at first base. They've got Abraham Toro as a potential third base, JP Crawford. They've got guys, and that's the best thing for somebody like Frazier, who I think needs the competition, but also needs to know that there will be at bats because that could have been the issue in San Diego was that it just, it, it just wasn't clicking with the team at that moment in time. And again, uh, Hassan Kim um, should have been rookie of the year, but just didn't play well enough um, to, to earn any get from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> totally anyway. his coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was replaced because he knew he should have been playing more. Uh, and Ryan McMahon is the next guy up here who had himself a season 23 dingers, 254 average, Uh, you know, not blowing the doors off, but pretty, pretty solid. A 779 average, again, on a sinking Colorado team, but 86 RBIs and 80 runs. Beautiful. Like, that is beautiful. And you're getting that as a 26-year-old. He's entering his age 27 season and comfortable in Colorado. Hopefully he gets to just hang out at second base and do that thing.
1: Well, I think he's going to have an opportunity to get more middle of the order at bats this season. and he's going to probably find himself in the, two three or four slot all season so i think that's going to give him a little more opportunity to drive in some more runs i i I like these guys i like the guys that nobody thinks are elite power bats on bad teams because they get opportunity and you talk about it all the time on the pitching side Robbie. these are the guys i love to own uh on the offensive side for the exact same reason I, i just think Cost for sure is, is going to be lower than comparable stats. Um, and I think the other part of it too, the upside is there. He very easily could be somebody that's bantied around in a trade later in the year as well. So lots of opportunity for, for McMahon. Um, and, and there is going to come a time in the next five seasons where Colorado gets better. It's going to happen. So, well, uh, I mean,
0: based on what you said about their new scouting director being the owner's son, we'll see about that getting better. Uh,
1: I mean, but. they can't get a lot worse. So, I mean, they're theoretically, they have know, to man. get better. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. I, I agree. It's a definitely, like, it's it definitely a, a fallback career option for both of us. So, um, you know, we'll still keep that. We should. I, hopefully the owner's got a daughter and maybe we
0: could meet her. <laughs> get ourselves in the family, you know? Okay,
1: all right, all right. What's the movie
0: succession? Have you or the show? Succession have you watched it? (laughs) I think there's a way that nepotism is clearly in play in Colorado. We just have to get into the family and then we can get (laughs) into the Rockies front office.
1: That's right. Yep. It's the long game.
0: It's the long game.
1: So aforementioned Nick Gonzalez, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I'm still not excited about Nick Gonzalez. Everyone else is, and that's fine. I'm gonna be out on Nick Gonzalez probably forever at this point because I'm not in anywhere on him. Uh I still think he's going to struggle at the upper levels. I I see some things with him that I'm worried about. Um I I might be wrong here. This is one that I'm concerned about being wrong because it just he keeps producing. And so that's something that I'm I'm still expecting to see him struggle against the best fastballs at the upper level. I think that's where where we're going to see it. Um and and we'll see, right? There's been 100 guys before him that have been the best player in the history of minor league baseball that hit upper levels and all of a sudden they disappeared. So um, see Kevin Maitan or whatever his name was um, as a guy that fits it, kind of the mold a little that's bit. Still yep, that's still his name. Yeah, uh, that's
0: still his name. He's He's in the Angels organization along with the number 18 ranked dynasty guy and David Fletcher who absolutely needs a bounce back. Fletcher is supposed to be, supposed to be an equal strikeout to walk, right? One walk to one strikeout. That's what he's supposed to do. Supposed to have an average 300 or better, let's just say. Um, He's supposed to steal you 15 plus bases. He's supposed to get 70 runs, supposed to, you know, churn out 60 or so RBIs. An effective player. 2021 was not his year, but we know there were a lot of injuries amongst the Angels stars. They had Trout out for a long time. Rendon was out for a long time. Um, Otani was the bright light. Now, if they can all come together, then David Fletcher may be up at the top of the order or somewhere in a decent spot, even if he's back eight, nine. Um, but he's able to like get the boost from those guys, the RBIs could be back up for him and we could see a good turnaround for Fletcher. I will say that his stock has fallen far enough that he's going to be available. And if he's, if he's owned in leagues, I think his position eligibility will be limited to two positions. I don't, think he got third base to carry over last year again it's going to depend on your league so you have to check Uh, but if he's only shortstop second base eligible he's not nearly as valuable to be moving around the diamond anymore and he's going to enter his age 28 season tons of mlb baseball left for david fletcher and if he's if if the angels are doing well he'll be a big part of that
1: well and i think for me like of everyone on this list he was the guy struggled with the most to place i had him much further back uh, and then I moved him up. I just I couldn't I couldn't justify where I wanted to put him because I think what you're saying about the one to one, that value just is inherent. And you know I think it, he eliminates risk in a way that the other guys in this list don't. So I mean yeah, that's well really what it comes down to um, why I have him there. But I, I, I'm it's still a guy I'm not going to own mainly because you're going to own him ahead of me in a lot of the leagues we play in together. Um, but you know, a, a lot of people like the, the position flexibility and overpay for it. So again, I, I stay out of the way on, on him, uh, in a lot of ways, a guy that's going to get overpaid for, for sure. Uh, in every format, Nolan Gorman, um, you know, the God's gift to second base, apparently, uh, according to this off season, he, Nolan Gorman can play baseball, right? He's a good player. Um, power I'm, hitter, I'm, good average in the
0: minor so far. And he's entering his age 22 season.
1: Yeah, I'm just not ready to anoint him a professional baseball player yet. Uh, That's, you know, I think that's where a lot of people have already said he's going to play second base and he's going to start. But, you know, we talked about Edmundo Sosa earlier and the Paul DeYoung mix in St. Louis already. Like, I I think between that and Tommy Edmund, like, I don't know that St. Louis is in any need to rush him to the pros. Now, are we going to see him next season? Yes, I think we will. Uh, But I don't know. That I'm ready to anoint him with full playing time. 25 home runs, 279, 814 OPS last season. So, you know, the the 814 OPS in in double AA, A triple A is actually kind of concerning. Like triple A he only had 785 uh OPS, right? And in 300 at bats, 14 home runs. Like that's that's kind of empty. Like all things considered, I'm I'm concerned about that. Uh, well
0: strikeout to walk, sorry, strikeout percentage for him last year, Ty was just a hair under 24%. And that was originally supposed to be a real concern for him was that he could be a 40% strikeout guy. So if he's at double A AA and triple A combined, and they were roughly similar percentages at each, um, that's that is a sign in the right direction. Again, yeah. young for his age, like what was he five and a half years younger than um the competition on average at AAA. So yep. I'm giving him some slack, but again, I, I mean, neither of us have put him in the top 10. Now I have him at 12 overall, and he's slotted in for us at 17. Uh, but that's because I really like the fact that he's going to St. Louis. And and that has to do with you know listening to you a lot, talking about how St. Louis can create players and create value from guys who seem a little bit lesser. And I just assume, well, you get a guy like Gorman and you're going to develop what tools for him to make him even better than he already is, right? He's got the power. He's able to have a decent average. Well, maybe they're going to be able to get him more walks. Maybe that obps he's going to just be this OBP beast. And I I get it that he's going to be like incredibly valued for whoever has him in whatever league you are in. Um, But it doesn't mean you don't have a pitcher that maybe that team really needs. And you are really good at Getting pitchers, you're willing to make that deal to get uh the potential of Gorman in the future.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it just comes down to the fact that St. Louis is notorious for not rushing guys to the pros. Right? They're they're very consistent with that. They haven't rushed almost anybody ever. uh And, and well, they I think brought Alex
0: are, Reyes up and back like nine times.
1: Yeah, but that's because <laughs> they were they needed to supervise him so he didn't break his hand on a wall. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like Gorman, I, they don't have a need at his position. Right. They have enough middle infielders to fill that void that I just don't think they're going to rush Gorman this season early. Now, could he be super valuable down the stretch? Yes, I think that's possible because he's going to be in fastball zone and he's going to have the opportunity to hit a lot of fastballs in important games. So I think there could be some value come playoff time for Nolan Gorman. He could be one of those guys that wins you a championship this year. But uh, if you're expecting him to deliver from April 1st through to that point, I think you're going to be disappointed with that. So, yeah, just... yeah, I'm with you on that. Not
0: starting the year, but ideally finishing it and just making that St. Louis lineup really deep. Yeah. You know, because we've got another that's guy that's a little
1: further back, right? Like, that's exactly why. Yeah. So... Jake
0: Cronenworth, real deal, entering his age 28 season. Perfectly good middle infielder for you. All the talk in the offseason was Cronenworth, Hassan Kim. Um, you know, what's going to happen? What's going on? Well, I mean, it's Cronenworth. <laughs> the end like there isn't a whole lot to say perfectly good um player not hurting you uh yeah i i don't know i don't have anything negative to say but i also don't think he's going to be crushing categories for you either very middle no. of the road second baseman
1: but cj Cronenworth is what i was talking about earlier he's the guy that's going to give you average across everything
0: he's yeah the very absolutely
1: you know, this is the kind of guy I do like to own, right? Because he is, and ironically, I don't own him anywhere. But um <laughs> you, he is, you're interested if anybody yeah. <laughs> but, but Trade honestly, him like, to the podcast so can exactly, have right? <laughs> uh, but this is a guy that just gives you consistency. And and if you're a fantasy player, like the thing that most bad fantasy players do is they don't get consistent guys, right? They get a guy that right. could be the best player ever, but could also be you know, selling hot dogs outside the stadium, right? Like they they play that boomer bust game. Whereas the best players say, "Okay, I need a couple guys that are like that that could win me the championship based on exceeding their expectation." But I really just need a pile of guys that I know what they're going to be and I can count on it every week. Connerworth fits that bill in a big way.
0: Well, I'm going to scoop two guys with this one because I think we can. Number 14 is DJ LeMahieu. He was the consistent guy across the board for a couple of years. Last year had a down year. We'll see what happens in his age 33 season, but he's ranked at 14th for us. And we've got Max Muncy with the Dodgers, who was a big, a big power RBI run machine. And then the average really, really dipped the last two years. Um, And it's interesting to see, or sorry, it will be interesting to see what he's got left for us. I don't know that Cronenworth should be ranked below those two. Um, but we just run our aggregate and that's what happens. Um, yeah. that, that, that's how it worked out where they were. We, we had the average for Cronenworth or sorry, the difference between the two, um, four for us between ranks. And you and I have a five point difference between Muncie and 11 with Lemayhu, Um, and that's because I see a lot of regression in LeMayhew, which was basically what everyone was talking about when he left Colorado. Uh, but I think it took a couple years to catch up to where he is now. But fourteen and fifteen are a couple of wild cards with lower values at this moment. If you're in a points format, I think Muncy's going to be a lot more valued than Lemehu because of the power potential. But you know, see, I don't see, the,
1: I don't see the I don't see the Muncy power potential to be that much greater than Lemayhu. Um, and for me, the the trade-off is, and it depends on how you like to play. Like you, you generally are on the OBP side of value in most leagues. I find myself on the average side of value in most scenarios, right? So for me, that's why I have who higher. It's why you have Muncy higher, right? It's just the way we profile our teams. But at the end of the day, for me, LeMay, who has the best hit tool in baseball still to, oh, to yeah. this you, day, right?
0: But he like just didn't stuff. do it
1: last year. That's all. So for me, I'm always going to bet on that, right? I'm gonna if 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 we're talking about a guy in in these four or five guys in this part of the the, the list, like. I'm going to bet on LeMahieu because I think it's the most likely for him to succeed because he's the best hitter, right? It doesn't matter whether you have power or not. If you can't hit it, it, it's out, right? And to me, Muncie has some major red flags, like, and I mean, major, like I'm I'm not buying Muncie anywhere.
0: Okay. And, And I think, I think that's okay to say that, you know, for you, Muncie is on the regression side, but for me, Ty, I'm looking at a 96 point average drop from, 2020 to 2021 for LeMahieu, and, he, and that's, you know, the the shortened season. But even if you go to the last full season, he batted 327 um, with the Yankees and, and then, you know, 268. So when we're talking about moving the ball around and and I love LeMahieu for the strikeout to walk ratio, you know, like I don't have an issue. I don't think he's a bad player. I'm just afraid that there might be a, a change where he's back to like a 270 hitter. And that's it. And, and if he's doing that, he's probably not providing the pop that he was the last two years. Sorry, the 2019 and 2020 with the Yankees. I don't want a 10 home run guy with a 270 average. I can find that uh, a lot further back in my dynasty rankings and
1: then put my stock into other positions elsewhere. Yeah, but you also have to remember, too, that the Yankees struggled mightily. Right. So if you look at D.J. LeMay, who's career, like the years that Colorado was doing damage, he was valuable. The years that they weren't he was having some red flags right like a contact hitter is always going to be dependent on who's behind him right because if you can walk the guy as opposed to let him hit a double or a home run which Lemayhu can now do um you're you're going to pitch to Gary Sanchez on the boomer bust scenario behind him right and that's the big issue with Lamehu is that he got moved backwards in the lineup uh last season right and that's that's the really big issue. He needs to be hitting at the front of the line so that he can be getting on base for the boppers to do their thing. Um, and that just wasn't the case last season. So I, I think there's a there's a, an opportunity for at least three more seasons of real strong value from LeMahieu. Um, but I do think the the one thing that I, the average person is not going to see because they don't watch enough of LeMahieu is that he's such a good oppo hitter that we're not as concerned with the high average guys that hit the ball to left field, right? As a righty, right? Because he can be delayed and slap the ball to the right side. We're not as worried about age progression, right? That's, that's what we get with Uh The hit tool should stay intact later than what a lot of people are assuming. So again, value, I think will be there for Lamehu. So that's why I'm pushing him a little bit harder than normal.
0: All right. Tommy Edmond, um, He is the reason why there's a clog (laughs) in St. Louis, but they do move him around, right? Second base, third base, and left field for Edmund. Last year at a career high, 641 at bats and only managed 11 dingers in that time. However, 30 stolen bases, huge. Um, I definitely am undervaluing the stolen base aspect he provides, but that's because the OPS is below 700 and the batting average was 262. And for the career, and this goes back to 19, um, where he was a little bit above average, um, uh, hitter career. So I think Tommy Edmond, and again, I'm trying my best to suppress the value of stolen bases just because I know that they can just flat out disappear from guys. Um, Tommy Edmond was outside my top 20, but he was inside your top 10. And I, I get it. If he's stealing bases tie, he absolutely is a top 10 guy. I just don't know that that's what's to be expected, even though he's only entering age 27 season. Um, I, I like Tommy Eben. I'm not as big a fan as other people are because I think too many people thought he was just going to, like, come on the scene and explode. But the power didn't improve from 19 to 20 to 21, and the stolen bases in 2020 disappeared. Um, so I don't know if if 30 stolen bases is career high. It probably will be. Uh, and And if he's stealing
1: 20 or less, that really, to me, lessens his value. Well, I think one of the things I really like about Tommy Edmund is uh, distribution, right? So if you look at uh, career numbers, uh, kind of uh, fastball breaking off speed, you know, he, he does a lot of damage against the fastball consistently across his career. But what he did better in 2021 than he had done in the previous years was he distributed the power numbers. So he had 17 doubles against fastball, 14 against the breaking, and 10 against the off speed. So that's a lot different than in 2019 last full season before that 35 15 14 in those same categories so definitely starting to to become a more polished hitter like that's what i'm seeing in those numbers is that he's no longer okay i'm i can hit a little but i need the right pitch to do it now he's having a better approach he's driving the ball on all pitch types um and i i think the one caveat to that is that He hit more balls to left field last year than he had in any previous season. Um, But it was only a distribution from up the middle to left and not from Oppo to left. Oppo's still there. So to me, that indicates as just a small indicator there might be a little more pop on the pull side this season uh, as he gets a little bit older, adds some strength to the game. Uh, I, I think we could see... Uh, a little bit more than the 11 home runs we saw last season, like 15 to 20, I think is more realistic for Tommy Edmund. And I think 25 stolen bases. So to me that Jeez. puts him in the top 10 here.
0: Uh, yeah. I yeah. Okay. If, if that's where you're going, then I, I I agree. He just hasn't done that. And I don't see it, but Hey, that's why we do the aggregate or not the aggregate, the, the combined and average ranking. So um, we do have Mike Mustakas, the moose um, entering his age 33 season two years since we've seen him really be effective. And I mean, you can't be effective when you're hurt. So that's part of it for him, but he's our number 12 guy. Um, I don't know that we've got a lot to say, right? Ty, this is just somebody steady guy power bat, but the average has fallen a lot.
1: It could get shortstop eligibility in Cincinnati this year. Like, who knows?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Um, On next, number 11, Gavin Lux. Again, there isn't a lot to say, right? Former top prospect. Came in, struggled, leveled off last year. Finished, I think, 242 average, something like that. Um, This is is his time now. So we both have him ranked in the mid-teens, but that worked out to average him up to 11 for us. Um, because of our disagreements on other players further up. So Gavin Lux with a lot to prove to us with an 11 ranking. And again, being with the Dodgers, playing time concerns. We've mentioned two Dodgers that, you know, Max Muncie and Chris Taylor that can take playing time from him um, if he's not getting it done. So, and then we've got our, we're into the top 10 now, Ty. We've got Jeff McNeil, Jeff McNeil with the Mets.
1: See, for me, like Jeff McNeil fits the mold of Tommy Edmund and I'm buying Tommy Edmund a hundred times out of a hundred over Jeff McNeil, right? I have Jeff McNeil ranked 17th. You have him at 11. Nothing wrong with it. Like Jeff McNeil very easily could be a top five second baseman this season. If he goes
0: back to the power, if he goes back to power, if he doesn't go back to power, tie this, I have a bad ranking on him. Like putting him 11, I'm banking on him going back up to 20 dingers and, and still being able to keep the strikeout walk in check and being on a productive team, you know, where he's going to have like 70 plus RBIs, 70 runs. If he's not doing that, uh, I, I, I would bail on him early in the year. If you see, if you own him somewhere, if there's a good offer and you're not seeing power, uh, that would be my like. That's my flag on him. I'm taking a chance with this ranking because I think he can get it back. But then, as you said, you look at somebody else that you're buying um, and you see a better version of them And Tommy Edmond, Well, there you go, right? Like, just make yeah. make the choice that, that suits you best.
1: And there's stuff in Ralph it. Like, it, it depends on your league, right? Like, it depends on who else is in your league. Like, when are you getting these guys? How much are you paying in a trade? When did you buy them in a draft? Like, all of that matters in this conversation, right? So, it, it will vary from league to league as to who values these guys. So if you have a bunch of Mets fans in your league, you're probably not getting Jeff McNeil. It's just the way it is. Um, you should also ask yourself why you're in a league full of Mets fans, but that's well, a whole different how many conversation. Years
0: in a row, how many years in a row have you won it? If, <laughs> if you've got a bunch of Mets in, cause I mean, they're just, valid. they're picking off all the guys that are on the waiver wire. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: valid. So next guy on the list is Nick Madrigal, who went from the White Sox to the Cubbies. Uh, this this year in the Kimbrell trade, um, our kudos to the Cubbies. I, I mean, I don't know that we said this. This was highway robbery um, in that trade for Craig Kimbrell going to the White Sox. Um, love that trade for the Cubbies. Cody Hosey was a was a guy that went the other way on that one. Um, Nick Magical is a, is a Dinger's favorite uh, because of the overweighted position of Robbie. Uh, so I will pass it to him on this one because you can toot the horn of Nick Magical. I like Nick Magical. Um, I like him less this season because his uh, MLB, the show card wasn't as good as it was last season. Oh, but I'll, well, I'll let you take yeah. it from here.
0: Isn't that frustrating for you? Um, Nick Madrigal was my number one ranked dynasty second baseman last year, and I fought hard for my reasoning. But as I have been putting more and more information out there about players and then having people ask me why so and sos here and so and sos there, A lot of it comes back to people wanting guys who have done it before. So Nick Madrigal has not stolen a million bases before, but I was of the assumption, why wouldn't an old school manager want to let this speedster lead off, get his singles, steal a bunch of bases, you know, steal 40, get caught 12, 15 times, whatever. But late in games, you know, steal third when he's on second and there's two outs or turn, or, you know, like that's just what I thought was going to happen. Um, turned out the uh White Sox manager is a bit of a tool. And <laughs> um, it, it was appearing as though it wasn't going magical's way. He was batting ninth a lot when he did move up to first for a period of time. I don't know if Anderson was batting second or not. However, it worked out, it was great and things were looking good. He was batting fine, he turned it around and started to be better, but then he got hurt, and then the best thing that could have happened while it was hurt happened. He got traded out of the White Sox and Larusa, and he moved over to the Cubbies where I'm assuming he's just going to walk in as the um, opening day leadoff hitter. And the only crummy thing that's going to happen is that there's a pitcher ninth, So his RBI, sorry. So his ability to get runs is going to go down um, or sorry, his ability to get RBIs is going to go down, but hopefully his ability to get runs will go up as well as those stolen bases. But I did rank him fourth. So he's no longer my number one simply because as other people pointed out, He hasn't done the things that I'm saying make him the best guy. So, okay, fine. Okay, fine. We got to wait. We got to see what he can do this year. Doesn't mean I am not aggressively trying to own him anywhere and that I'm not pissed at Glenn in the home league for picking him up when I dropped him this season because he was out for the year. And Glenn's like, he's a keeper. He's a career 300 average hitter. You know, if you have Glenn's in your league, Glenn keeps honest. I love it. I yeah, love him for absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. If he wasn't stealing for these guys from me, I'd just be able to pick up Magical in like the eighth round because nobody else would be thinking about it. But meanwhile, Glenn's going to keep
1: him. He's going to have him as a keeper. Anyway, um, yeah, Glenn, Madrigal Glenn has mad a lot sci- to prove. Glenn is the mad scientist of our home league, heavy on the mad, um, yeah. less so on the science side, but but it's fun. <laughs> it makes it for a league good league dynamic, and you need that. Um, moving ahead, Rookie of the Year, Jonathan, India, is next on the list. So this is a guy that I think is is of value. Um I will say this like I, I'm not gonna own India anywhere. Um I don't think there's a huge amount of like upper tier upside with Jonathan India. I think he's a very serviceable major league player, I think he's a very serviceable fantasy player. I'll take Jonathan Scope way, 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 way back over Jonathan India. And and I think they're very comparable players. So that's why, you know, I, I'm just not Overly excited about owning a Jonathan India, um, but he's young enough that over a five-year window and a weak position, he ends up in our top ten. I don't know where you're at, Robbie.
0: Well, steady Eddie, that's that's exactly where I am. I just think that Jonathan India has the opportunity to just be this 270 hitter, 20 bombs. Um, ideally, we're getting double-digit stolen bases from him, and you know, 60 runs. 75 yep. RBIs, you know, pick, pick your poison on that. Just, you know, total about 135 um, between the runs and the RBIs. And and that's just going to work for me. Now, yep. I, I ended up thinking, like you, what is the ceiling on him? And I couldn't put him higher. He came fifth for me. But the guys that are above him, I all see as having better uh, single category output than India. Yeah. And that's really yeah.
1: it. Yeah, and I have him further back because I, I really don't think he's going to exceed... 30 home runs at any point in his career. I don't think he's going to exceed 290 at any point in his career. Um, and, and I don't see him as a middle of the order type bat. Like, I think all those things considered, like there's other guys that fit that, that mold that I'm going to chase. Um, Whit Merrifield is next on the list. I think every Jonathan Indian, the India owner would wish they could get, you know, the five years of production we've seen from Whit Merrifield. Um, I think this one for both of us, Robbie, and I'm going to speak for you a little bit here and you can, Correct me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, I we're both giving Whit Merrifield a touch of respect here at age 33 um, in, in our in our seventh spot. This is a guy that we just—it's hard not to like Whit Merifield in fantasy baseball. He gives you a lot of categories, um, even with last year being a down year. I, I, this of the guys in the top 10, this is the guy that I wanted to move further back, but just couldn't. I just couldn't pull the trigger yeah. on moving backwards. Um, He's good.
0: he's good he's been consistent the stolen base category helps uh when you have a blip that's one thing but to think that he's just going to fall off and disappear not likely as far as i'm concerned so wit holding strong right in that middle
1: i mean he had what most people consider a a bad season last year right like he wasn't he wasn't the same old witt merrifield 10 bombs 277 40 stolen bases yes please right like i mean that's that's a bad year or a down year or whatever you want to call what last season was for him. Um, But it is what it is. A guy that came out uh, last year and in a big way was Jazz Chisholm. Uh, Obviously uh, faced a little bit of injury over the year, Um, you know, up and down here and there. I see him as a huge upside guy. Uh, This is a guy that I think Miami did a phenomenal job in trading Zach Gallon for. This was a, a really smart trade for them. They saw something that I I don't know Arizona did. Uh break in year was nothing to be really super jacked about. 18 home runs, 248 batting average, 728 OPS. But I think personally in watching him, there's a huge amount of upside here. I think he's just still learning how to be a hitter. So I do believe career average is going to be somewhere close to 270. I think we're going to see an average of 20 to 25 bombs. So if you can get that out of your shortstop. You're in the top 15, um, but we're slot him in here at second base for now um, until he makes the full conversion over to shortstop. Um, and, and that's the reality of what we have for Jazz Chisholm is you're buying a future shortstop at second base value right now.
0: And the, the big potential with him that makes him as highly ranked as he is for us is the stolen bases. Now, if we see another year 20-plus stolen bases at the big league level and let's just, you know, tack on – that we're going to want to see another 450-plus at-bat season, and he's doing that? Absolutely. Sign sign us up for the next five years of a potential game-breaker, especially like you said, Ty. If the average goes up, he becomes a smarter hitter. uh, That will be a good thing. And strikeout to walk? Oh, my God. It's 5-1. to And 34 walks to like 145 (laughs) strikeouts is scary. That's also uh, putting him at a 33% K rate so he's he does need to make those improvements but the potential is there that if he tightens up a few things right takes a few more balls um a few more dribblers get through right a, a little bit of a little bit of babbitt luck or a little more babbitt luck uh, all of a sudden his line's going to really clean up and you're going to be looking at somebody who people are getting really pumped for but the the, the big the, thing there, ahead, question the question marks are there that's all
1: yeah the big thing i'm looking at is what does he do against the off-speed pitches like he clearly feasted more so on the fastball in the early part of his career but that's an expectation that we have with young break-ins right like that's not new That's not you know unique to jazz chisholm but i think at the end of the day i'm gonna be still watching that because i see the upside but i also see the concern right and i'm not gonna ignore it completely even though i do think i'm i'm in and just chisholm in several leagues and i will continue to be in on him but uh, there, there is a touch. This this is a guy that I own in a lot of ways that I am slightly concerned on it in, in a way that I'm monitoring, not in a way that I'm out. Um, so that's that's just where I think you all should find yourself as well. So nice yeah. is a guy that I love to be in on, and I've been in him for years. I was early in on him. I will stay in on him, and that's Brandon Lau in Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, there's some boom and bust in this guy's game. But I don't care. Like He gives me value time and time again, um, and he will for the foreseeable future. And guess what? The team offensively is getting significantly better around him. Certainly a lot
0: more talent from one through nine.
1: Yeah. like I mean, you talk about a guy like Choi at first base. Like, Choi's not a terrible baseball player by any means, but production-wise is not scary. Like, as long as you're a right-handed pitcher, or as long as you're not a right-handed pitcher, you have zero to fear um, against Choi. Um, and, and if you do, you're facing, uh, Yandi Diaz instead. So, you know, like that's, <clears throat> that's the reality. Like the Lau is going to find himself a first base this season, probably splitting time with, with Meadows, um, and, and probably some time in the outfield. So you're gonna get an incredible amount of position flexibility as well by owning Brandon Lau. I mean, this guy just for me, is entering the prime. Um, he's got 40 home run upside, what what do you not like about Brandon Lau? Like, a couple strikeouts? Cool, whatever. I'll deal with that. It's 2021 uh, or 2022 Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, okay, sure. I just think that he just had his career year in, in dingers, and that's, that's the issue with me. Um, again, we are talking about our fifth highest ranked second baseman. So if his fault is that he's not going to hit 39 home runs again, he might only hit 30. Uh, that's a good problem to have if you're the Brandon Low owner. However, like Ty said, excuse me, the team's better. And he had almost 100 runs, almost 100 RBIs. Certainly could be looking to do that for several years in the future. And that that might make him one of three guys in the top five that could do that for three plus yep. years. So that's why he is where he is. And there's guys like Chisholm who have the ability to steal bases. Um, whereas, you know, Lau's going to steal some, but he's not going to steal double digits. So uh, Chisholm's going to steal three times as many. He's going to get caught more times than Brandon Lowe's going to steal. Uh, but the the home runs, the RBIs, the runs, that's all favoring Brandon Lowe. That's why he
1: is where he is. So real quick before we move on, um, just I think if you own Brandon Lowe, you know this, but if you don't, you're probably a little naive looking at Brandon Lowe's stats at this point. Last year, he started the season really slow. 182 batting average in April and March. It um, was rough. Belie, it was as really a Brandon bad. Lowe owner in a Roto League, starting him every day. I was
0: not pumped about that.
1: Yeah, I agreed. 196 in May, uh, 241 in June, right? That was the part that everybody that owned Brandon Lyle last year was feeling. Um, the only upside was that he provided you with 16 home runs in those first three months. Now, the back half of the season, this is where it started to get interesting. So into June, right, which I mentioned in the batting average, June OPS 879. July OPS 1032, August 926, and September 1000 and 001. So the the player was really, really good in the second half of the season, but in the off season, people love to look at the overall stats, even though the back half, he was absolutely dynamite. Um, and, And I think that's the thing for me, why I have zero concerns ranking Brandon Lau as high as I do. Because I think he turned the corner himself as a hitter. Uh, the batting average got to pot spots that aren't really overly consistent with his career, um, which indicates that he's making improvements. So for me, I'm, I'm in on Brandon loud in a big way. I Always have been, always will be. Um, and I think he should be too. Okay. Next up, Ty, I don't want this one to be as long as the catcher
0: episode. And I don't know why. I just feel like for some reason it can't Do be it. as long as catchers. So uh, number four for us is Jose Altuve with Houston. Ty, he is your second highest or sorry, your second ranked dynasty, second baseman for me, he's nine. The reason that I don't have him higher is because I just don't think we're going to get the production over the next five years. But again, elite and absolutely. You said it a year ago, Ty, he's been forgotten about. He's been totally forgotten about, and he is a huge value in almost every format. Uh, Go just knock on the door of the guy who's got him in your league now. Kick the tires. I bet you would be uh,
1: underwhelmed at what he asked for in return. You know I bought him in, in several leagues that we're in together. Um, he had 31 home runs last year. Like, people just totally naive to the fact that Jose Altuve hit 278 with 30 home runs. Like, they just don't even go there. Um, and, and the thing I really like about Altuve is that he plays in Houston with that short left Porsche. So, for people that are concerned with his power, it's like you and I can hit a home run at, at that ballpark, right? Like It's a really short porch. He has a swing that fits the ballpark. Very similar to what uh, Dustin Pedroia had in Boston. Like Very similar scenario here with El Tuve in, in Houston. I just think same thing we talked about with El Tuve. The hit tools there. The other stuff will stay. Um, he's a buy.
0: Yeah, Marcus Simeon comes in at number three for us. I've got him as my second guy. How can you not love a guy who's going into a good situation with the Texas team that's going to be building to get better. And he's going to be there throughout the next five years. Um, I think, I I mean, we were harping before on the fact that we thought like, what was maybe three years ago, we were saying like, this is the time to sell him. Well, like we were saying that because he wasn't doing amazing things that we believed in. Well, we watched him play in Toronto for a full year. We know how good Marcus Simeon is. We know how much of a professional he is. So to me, when you got a guy, you have a guy like that, um, it tells me that he's going to be able to make it through the next 5 years being efficient being effective and ideally with a healthy Corey Seager and the rest of that lineup coming together it could be a competitive Texas team as tough as the AL West will be i think Simeon can
1: just rake i have concerns about the ballpark switch i think it really will impact his fantasy value i think he's still a very good baseball player for all the reasons you listed i just have i have strong concerns about the move to Texas, uh, I just think that's uh, that's a bit of an issue.
0: Yeah, for me and our number two guy, we were talking about this beforehand. Is twenty going into his age twenty eight season? Catal Marte with Arizona. Uh, we both have him ranked third, so the aggregate worked out that he got second. Um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> we talked about it before. I mean, it was two hours ago. Now that we were doing that, but um, I feel like he owes fantasy owners a lot like he's been yeah. given a lot of slack f- since 19 uh 2020 was just kind of like okay whatever and we're going to we're good with this like that was a real high average year I think for him and then 2021 was disappointing uh, you
1: know gen- generally but, speaking but was it but was it 318 batting average 909 ops
0: but right? it was like, like
1: a confusing 909 yeah but that's but to me that's exactly why he will be traded this offseason, whenever the offseason's allowed to be an offseason again.
0: is he one he's of the guys you think should go to Toronto i
1: I know the list thousand percent he's the perfect fit in Toronto <laughs> because he can hit lead off he can play the positions we need him to play um and and he's a he's an obvious candidate uh for Toronto and we have a history of trading with Arizona. so there's a lot of reasons why why it works. but I just think Kettle Marte is a good baseball player. He's a switch hitter. Um, You know, the hit tool on the left side, the power on the right side. uh, There's a lot to like Uh, with his overall game. The position flexibility is a huge bonus. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to own Kettle Marte, you should just, you know, sit on it and continue to adapt.
0: Yeah, I honestly, I feel the reason that I'm on the fence, but I also, you know, I also ranked him third is because I know with a full season, he probably would have had one of those hot stretches that got him back up to where he was in 2020, which was hovering around 100 runs, 100 RBIs and upwards of 30 dingers, which is which is his potential. And yep. and, you know, the stolen bases don't need to be the thing for him, right? That's that's not what we want him for. He, that's the bonus for him. Um, he is there for your high average and your counting stats. And and that's huge
1: in, in a like five if, category. He's four or five. If he slots in between George Springer and and Vladdy Guerrero, he's the best second baseman on the list. And, I, and which, I don't even think it's close.
0: Which would be the second year in a row that Toronto has acquired um, and then made a second baseman even better. Marcus Simeon being the other one. Now, number one on the list. Uh, it's kind of hard to argue entering his age 25 season that Ozzie Albies is not just sweet, sweet awesomeness. Uh, 30 dingers last year, 20 stolen bases. Uh, Strikeout to walk was under three to one. Not that that's great, but... Um, He was under, I think he was under 20% for strikeouts as well. And where was he for runs and RBIs? 103 runs, 106 RBIs, Uh, 799 OPS. However, he did have 954 at-bats. No, he had 629. The guy's up a lot. Um, And he's on a world championship team. Lineup's coming back, uh, depending on whether Freeman is back or not, whatever. I'm just going to assume it's a stacked lineup yet again and years to come with Aussie Albies. So hard to argue that.
1: I mean, I'm with you. And and Ozzy Alves has led the, sh- the second base position in home runs like every year of his career, right? Every single year,
0: but not last year. Marcus Simeon. Uh, I do want to say, just so everyone knows, Ty, you I'm did in have Alves. The- <laughs> and then oh no no because someone beat him in the no 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 the NL East. <laughs> <laughs> we play this game all day. Yeah. How how far do I need to take this? <laughs> um, but I I just wanted to say that last year Ty did have Alves ranked first. And that's how he finished this year. So for everyone who's like, Hey, what about last year's rankings and things of that nature? Um, I had magical as my first, obviously injury injury took, took away his ability to have a full season. But prior to that, um, Tony LaRusso was screwing me over and screwing Nick magical over, but tie wire to wire Ozzy Albies in back to back years.
1: That's second base. Yeah. Now, you know, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a scenario here where you've got some good talent at the upside that i like the switch hitting potential of the top two guys. Um, I think they're the best two options. I think L2V is the underrated value piece in the top five. Um, I just think a lot of people are looking and biased towards the prospect side. So that's kind of the, the takeaway there. Second base on the big board, hit us up at dingers pod. Uh, at Robbie baseball one me attorney boss on the Twitter machine love to hear from you guys. I know it's off season lockdown craziness right now, but let's uh, let's correspond as they say in the formal world uh, on the Twitter. And until next time, it's been Tyler and Rob here on dingers.